really a good mother, though? I think the title might just be ironic. Welcome everyone to FF Plus, your outlet for weekly reviews that are simple, short, and spoiler-free. As always, I'm your host, Aaron White, and I'm happy to be with you here this week to talk about a new film. For this episode, I'll be discussing The Good Mother from Vertical Entertainment. It stars Hilary Swank, Olivia Cook, Jack Rayner, Delone, Hopper Penn, Norm Lewis, and Karen Aldridge. It is directed by Miles Joris Parafit and written by Miles and Madison Harrison. Cinematography is by Charlotte Hornsby. Music is also by Miles Joris Parafit. And it is edited by, guess what? Miles Joris Parafit and Damian Rodriguez. It runs 89 minutes and is rated R. What's it about? After the murder of her estranged son, Journalist Marissa Binnings forms an unusual alliance with his pregnant girlfriend to track down those responsible for his death. Together, they confront a realm of narcotics and dishonesty within the city of Albany, unearthing a deeper, more sinister revelation. Now, this is a pretty by-the-numbers thriller. As I said there in the setup, Marissa's son Michael is killed at the very beginning of the story launching us into this world in which she ends up trying to solve his murder. It's implied that Michael was killed by a drug dealer partner and friend of his named Ducky over a case of dirty heroin. Marissa ends up teaming up with Paige, this girlfriend of Michael who she very much disapproves of. She believes that Paige is responsible for turning Michael into a junkie, or at least not turning him away from it. And she also feels that Paige has had a hand in her son becoming a thief, and generally just going completely off the deep end. When we meet Marissa, she's not actually in the best place at the moment. She's actually carrying around previous grief from her husband's death. She is a reporter, but hasn't been doing her best writing lately. People have been encouraging her, but she can't just get out of the funk. Her behavior and her drinking is actually frustrating to me. It's somewhat dismissed by those around her. She's not an engaging character. She doesn't talk a lot or show much emotion in the film. She's a pretty dark and brooding kind of character, or that's the performance that Hilary Swank brings to her. She doesn't smoke anymore. Apparently she used to, but she carries around a cigarette that she will pop up into her mouth and pretend to take drags from. It's one of those fake it till you make it concepts that people do do when they quit smoking. Um, I like details like that, and it gives characters a real sense of being relatable. But now she's dealing with this layer of grief of her son's death, on top of the grief that she carries from her husband's death, this anger towards his now pregnant girlfriend, the two of them end up making up pretty early on and set forth on a path to solve Michael's murder. 
Marissa's other son, Toby, played by Jack Rayner, is a police officer in the Albany PD, and he is against them doing this. He feels that it is unsafe and is rightfully worried that they may get mixed up in something bigger, more dangerous, and really put themselves at risk. Rightfully so. The movie is framed as a mystery thriller. That's the energy that Miles brings to this picture. But it's brief, quieter moments that are more character-driven. There's a few scenes between Hilary Swank and Olivia Cook, or Hilary Swank and Jack Rayner, and I was really much more compelled by those. And I think that perhaps if this had stuck to that and really aimed for a character drama instead of trying to be a high-paced, surprise you with its twists and turns, energetic thriller, it might have been a lot more effective. The idea of dirty drugs, laced drugs, diluted drugs is a fine setup also to dive deeper into America's dangerous drug problem. There's a very brief scene in this where Marissa visits a safe injection drug site, for example, but that's never explored. She actually gets distracted and leaves immediately before anything can really be looked at regarding the broader consequences of drug use in the country. And instead, this stays hyper-focused on the specific incident of her own son's death. It's also extremely predictable, progressing pretty much exactly as you'd expect, and no amount of sharp cuts, stylish camera shots, and suspenseful music can prevent quick-moving story beats from feeling like something you've seen a dozen times before. Now, taken on their own, these elements are all quite good. I actually really enjoyed quite a few of the impressive camera work angles used and the frequently engaging, intense film score. The main trio of performances are also very solid. There's some grit to each of them, and if the characters were more richly written and the director had allowed more time for them to shine in dramatic dialogue moments, with each other, I think it might have offset this film's lack of strength as a thriller, but instead it's frustratingly caught in this in-between space where it's not a fantastic mystery movie and it's definitely not a fantastic drama, but it's got pieces of each of those things. All this adds up to a taut and dark picture whose individual parts are more than the sum. It's an easily watchable yet forgettable experience with a constant nagging disappointment that it could have been something great. The Good Mother will be in theaters on September the 1st. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Feel and Film podcast. Whether you listen or watch, thank you for being here. Please do all that fun stuff that helps us out. Like, subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends. We appreciate that more than anything. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling filmed.